be an audience participation workshop. So uh, plan to participate. But uh, thank you for coming. Uh, we are at the very early stages of a, a, a potential church plant in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. We're going to tell you a little bit about the area and a little bit about uh, how this happened. And uh, Henry and I are going to share this, but we also are interested in ideas from you. And that really the goal of this particular workshop is to talk about ministry collaboration between not only IFCA entities, but other ministries as in other things as well. So uh, before we start, Henry, would you lead us in prayer? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the good uh, theme of this week and for the reinforcement and encouragement that it's been to all of us. We pray, Father, your continued blessing on this day as we kind of bring the conclusion to bring the con convention to its conclusion. We ask your blessing on all of those uh, moving parts to bring that to, to fruition. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity of this hour to be able to talk about church planting and uh, the important aspects of networking and collaboration and how we can creatively do so. So we ask your blessing on our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. When this happened uh, a few months ago, and that, that was really the genesis of doing this workshop uh, and how we came up with this question, how, how do we respond? So I see uh, at least one other director of an IFCA church planting or, or a church extension agency here. If somebody contacts us, and we don't necessarily have a staff person in that town. How do how do we approach that subject, and how do we uh, how do we answer those questions? Uh, and so that's what happened here. And uh, Carrie, Miss Carrie Ash over here. And you, you want to share anything about Elizabeth Town, or, or like what motivated you to contact us in the first place? Yes. So we moved to Elizabeth. By the way, Carrie is the Kentucky State Director of Child Evangelism. We moved to Elizabeth Town 15 years ago when God directed us there to lead the Child Evangelism Fellowship Ministry in Kentucky. And immediately we searched for a Bible church, having been from IFCA churches in Michigan. I was saved under a Good News Club in IFCA church and just my church partners in Michigan and there was none there and we searched and searched and searched for two years to try to find a church that was <laughs> teaching God's word with expository preaching true to the gospel not caving to the culture good fellowship and we couldn't find anything and it was primarily that strong expository teaching that was lacking so we finally settled into where there was good fellowship but continued searching and came up short. And there's, there's some good churches, but not a lot of good teaching. And it fast forward to COVID, and, and the church we were at just got more and more liberal, and my husband said, we just can't go there anymore. So we started our search again, and there's 76 Southern Baptist churches in our association, which is primarily our county. It reaches across a couple other county lines. But we visited almost all of them. And so it, we were just, just hungering for that. And I 
over the years had talked with others that were in that same situation and finally settled into a church and got very active and and so it was that burden and growing burden over all of these years that led us last fall to reach out and say hey can we get an ISCA church started in Elizabethtown Kentucky we are also right at a phase for strong growth in our community we have Fort Knox so there's a lot of people that are coming in and out from Fort Knox. There are many military that are stationed there permanently now because the Army uh, Human Resources Command has moved there. So that's added some stability, but there's still a lot of others that are training and coming in and out. And then we also have the, the they'll probably talk about the Glendale, Kentucky, just south of us is a huge mega site. They're putting in the Ford Electric Battery Plant 5,000 new people, or 5,000 new jobs to our county, which is huge. And we're not a big city, so that this is a huge, huge impact. And so there will be a lot of people moving in from outside. There already have been 4,000 construction workers on site now. All the hotels are filled, all the rentals are filled. Rentals have jumped from an average of 800 a month to 1,800 and up because they're so scarce. And they're building houses just as fast as they can. So this is prime time for us to, to get in with a, a strong Bible teaching church. And I think even just from Christians that are moving and searching like we were, it will be a great place to start. So great. I'll, I'll let you do more of that. Okay. So given all that, Carrie, she says she contacted us last fall, but she forgot to hit send on the email. <laughs> And then several weeks later, found it in her draft folder. And uh, I wonder why we were blowing her off. <laughs> why in the world are you people not contacting me? And I feel your pain, Gary, because I've done that. I do that with texts more than anything. But uh, so, uh, given where where uh, this community is, we felt like it technic technically it is in the Cumberland region of the IFCA. But realistically, it's actually closer to churches in the southern, Illinois goes first, right? Southern Illinois, Indiana, regional, or region. i got to get my adjectives in my nouns. <laughs> so, uh, so Henry and I went up there and met with Carrie and her husband, Randy. And Elizabethtown is a really cool place. I found a great coffee shop there. And, uh, uh, yeah, and so we really liked it. So I thought I would just kind of roll through very quickly some uh, IFCA core values that, as members of the IFCA, we should all be familiar with. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, they, you know, wow, we've been hearing this week about the contemporary. I would I would almost change that to a, an accurate importance of historic fundamentalism. And how that how that plugs in uh, leadership in a church uh, where there is a mixture of humility and zeal, and that can be done. And biblical outreach, evangelism, you know, uh, evangelism here in Hardin County, Kentucky, and evangelism abroad, uh, partnerships, and that's where we'll uh, really kind of. Talk, you know, let me back up, I forgot, I, and biblical excellence, but partnerships is the one that we really want to work on. So on the, uh, on the IFCA website, you will find 
these eight ministry, what's the plural of focus? Foci? <laughs> Close enough. Okay. And, and uh, so what we want to talk about is uh, how, how this might work. So there's the international focus. You saw that or have seen that on display here at the convention with some of our international members. I don't know if there's a huge international community in Elizabethtown. Yes, but very much so. maybe. Okay. Certainly, the Church Planting Commission. Uh, we want to be one of our partners in this idea. I'm going to skip ministry uh, partners for a minute. And by the way, if you have any questions or any input, we we really want to hear it. Uh, the the regions. The IFCA geographical regions, Council of Regional Presidents. And so, as I've already mentioned, this community really is on the edge between the Cumberland region and the southern Illinois, Indiana region. And so, we, uh, what Henry and I have already done is uh, we have solicited an endorsement from both of those regions. So I want you to talk about what you did with the with your region up there. Well, basically, when we announced that we were interested in this area, and um, uh, because we have history in that northwest part of uh, is it northwest, north central it's Kentucky. North but anyway, what's that? North central. North central uh, with the Louisville launch from years ago, and uh, also with the, uh, new, the their daughter church at Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, now. Uh, E-Town is about 50 miles south of that. So um, we already knew that we had kind of a network or there had been vision cast in that general geographical direction. So, you know, being able to contact the uh, uh, the regional president, uh, Ron David, in southern Illinois, Indiana, uh, and then he routed uh, the, the, uh, an endorsement proposal that I had drafted. He routed that through the regional, which they acted on in May. And so now we have that regional's formal endorsement. Should a project get launched, they are ready to get behind that and be of assistance to it. And then, uh, as I am often tempted to do, I took Henry's proposal and plagiarized it and changed the changed a couple words and took it to the Cumberland region and for their endorsement, which they also did in May. And so we have, uh, really, I mean, if you think about it, that... Those regions are part of five states. Yes. You know, so the Cumberland region is the... And I have royalties from the plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got him elected to the board of IFC. <laughs> so, uh, He's waiting for my 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So the Cumberland region is the eastern portions of Kentucky, Tennessee, and the very western mountain portion of Virginia. And then the Southern Illinois, Indiana regional is, as you might imagine. So it's a huge area. I don't know demographically how many people that would represent. Uh, and I'll, I have a map. I'll show you, uh, kind of give you an idea of where some of those churches are and aren't. But we think that's an important uh, element that spoke in this wheel. Uh, IFCA Youth Ministries, we don't talk a lot about that. And by the way, the reason we're doing this workshop is so that you can go back to your area, wherever you are, and kind of replicate this, or at least have a model from which to plagiarize. And, you know, uh, because if, if Henry and I are nothing, we are not territorial. 
you know, and and so we're doing the same thing, you know. So IFCA, IFCA Youth Ministry is a great, often un, untold story about what's happening. There, the IFCA Youth Convention is meeting this week at Appalachian Bible College. I haven't heard how many they have. Uh, I think it's a little under 300. And, and uh, the father of one of my staff members is involved in that. And IFC Youth, they are set up for uh, what they call ministry training areas so that in your churches, you can, you can build a ministry mind in the young people. So, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I used to say, you know, if you're looking for a guy with nylon shorts and what's around his neck, I'm not that. But I wanted to teach our young people how to do ministry. And so at Family Bible Church that we started a year and a half ago in Knoxville, we use young people. You have seen some of our young people, uh, they're ushers this week in the convention. They're, uh, they're helping in children's ministry uh, this week. Uh, that's what we want, you know. Uh, our sound guy at Family Bible Church is how old is Lane? Fifteen, you know. And I, I believe that if we give young people a role in their local church, we don't have to worry about them coming back when they graduate from high school because they have something to stay for. And that's the IFCA philosophy of ministry. Now, what we're doing in the Cumberland Regional, we've recently appointed Logan Johnson to be our really Southeast Church Extension Youth Ministry Advisor, but he will focus in the Cumberland region. <coughs> Excuse me. And what we're tr- going to try to attempt is a quiz team ministry that will bring in young people from all of these churches. So in your church plant, you may only have two or three teenagers, or if that. But if, if we work together in a network together, we can do a lot of things. As a, as a team. And so that's where youth ministry can plug in. Chaplaincy is important, at, uh, especially with Fort Knox. Now, there are no IFCA chaplains at Fort Knox right now, so that could be a prayer that God would uh, send uh, an IFCA chaplain there because that would be way cool. Go ahead. Uh, on this one, this is very important part of this, uh, the spoke of this wheel here, because um, we've been informed, uh, Dan has uh, a son-in-law who is very deeply involved in chaplaincy, and uh, he explained to us that the, that the military right now is, is uh, incorporating uh, training programs for soldiers that are exiting the military and getting into community life, uh, that there's actually a, a work release program type of a thing. It's not the right terminology, but basically what they do is they will pay for six months for someone to get training at a local uh, industry or some kind of a local job, and that industry can't even pay that person. The Army pays or the military pays that person to get the training so that when they do exit from the military, they're right there in their job, and then they can take over. So basically, it's a whole uh, uh, entrance to uh, to uh, back into just citizen life. And so um, that, that kind of a program, if that were happening on a regular basis with 5,000 jobs coming to a, a, a local industry, there's an automatic in with a lot of those things. 
finding a chaplain and having him put it at Fort Knox, or at least having chaplaincy know how to teach uh, a church planter or some of us as, as agency leaders how to navigate with the military to be able to, to get involved in that kind of a, a strategy would be just absolutely huge. I went through that system two years ago. Did you really? Oh, that's awesome to hear. Tell us about it. skills program internship. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. So, um, basically, I made my own schedule and found the place I wanted to work. Happened to be my uncle's shop. And it was three months of still getting paid by the Army, but going and playing with welders and <laughs> every machinery and things that are you know, supposed to be a transition and opportunity. Basically, it's a three month yeah. uh, interview. Now, Ford Motor Company has established an uh, official relationship with Fort Knox to do just that. And, and uh, I'll show you some pictures here in a minute, but this battery plant that they're... And by the way, I am internal combustion guy all the way, but, uh, you know, souls are souls. You know? And so these guys are going to be driving their diesel and gas-powered vehicles to this motor, Ford Motor Company plant to build batteries. That's fine. <laughs> But uh, I don't want to get political here, but well, maybe I do. Uh, but, but anyway, Ford is already working with Fort Knox, mm. and uh, at the at the battery plant, Ford is building a campus for a local uh, technical college. That's it's right there, and so it's a great feeder. If we had either a military chaplain at Fort Knox or uh, an institutional chaplain. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Uh, and we do that. Uh, in fact, I wish she was here. Judy Swartz is, I think, well, she's the only female chaplain here. But uh, G- uh, Judy is uh, a hospital chaplain. I think she's next door in that meeting over there. And, you know, to have those kinds of people involved, then that really helps. And it's just another important spoke. Yeah, Bob. I'm working with a lieutenant colonel. It's a chaplain, and um, he's going to be out in about a year and a half. And he mentioned the six-year, six-month program. So I'm working with him. When he gets out, his intention was not to become a pastor when he's done, but I've been working him over for a while. And for the next six months, they wanted him to go on to a war college, would pay him to go to Notre Dame, uh, and a lot of Whoa. different things. So uh, I'm working with him, and he's a great guy. He was a chaplain in Japan. He's over at the war in Detroit right now where they build the military things. He's over. He oversees three states chaplaincy has been offered another major promotion but he's been consulting with me i said let's turn that down he said i'm going to get out of the military of 21 and a half years as a lieutenant colonel and he's going to, i'm going to help get him into our mission and get him into a six months program he wants to be a professor and teach and also maybe pastor a church and we'll see where we put him yeah i want to put him in michigan now i, I won't tell I won't give you his name because I don't want him to be in Michigan. We're we have, we have territorial, Bob. <laughs> Although we do have ways, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turn your name tag around, please. Oh, I'm sorry, Joshua Smith. Yeah, yeah. Josh. And I've yeah. lost mine. It's around here somewhere. We had a uh, young man retiring from uh, the military that we interned at our church yeah. for 
for that program. And so great. we've been trying to take advantage of that. Great. And yeah. it's very, I would say very lenient in its uh, in the intention. It mm. is what, what that service member is looking yes. for, what they need uh-huh. to transition from whatever military specialty job they have to what they think their follow-on yeah. life. My son-in-law runs the uh, clinical pastoral education program at Walter Reed. He's so he's teaching the CPI or CPE students, and so he gave us some insight into that. So we think that's a really valuable spoke in in this thing. We also want to be involved with member organizations. So certainly Southeast Church Extension and Midwest Church Extension are two of those. But there are any number of others, and not just church planting agencies that are members of C-E-F. the IFC. Huh? CEF. Yeah. yeah well, we're going to get to them oh. under ministry partners. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, there uh, are academic institutions. There are a variety of people who hold membership in the IFCA. So we think... Henry and I have talked a lot about this for many years, that if, if we try to be a, a one-man show or if we, if, if, we, if we are territorial, that really does limit us. And if you, if you think, if you, if you take that, that thinking downward into your church, if you have the mind in your church that you have to do everything and you, you can't, you can't, you know, there might be another IFCA church down the street, but this is our ministry. And one of my favorite stories to tell is when I was a student at Grand Rapids School of Bible and Music, a few miles across town was Grand Rapids Baptist College. And they were rivals. And so Grand Rapids School of Bible and Music was largely IFCA. Baptist College was largely GARBC. And thinking back to the sermon last night, we are both fundamentalists. So uh, uh, Dr. Rogers at the Baptist College, trying to raise money, had a luncheon one morning, and he invited IFCA guys and GARB guys there. And so there's this whole room of pastors. I mean, Grand Rapids, Michigan, there's lots of churches. There's a whole room of pastors, IFCA guys, GARBC guys, some of them pastoring churches on the same street that didn't know each other. I have never forgotten that. Why are you guys not working together? Well, probably the reason is one or more of them are split off of the other. Uh, but, you know, I think we got to get over that. And so if Bob Cosby's got a guy we can steal, then, uh, or I mean, uh, that God can lead our way, then uh, we might do that. Uh, I have built my entire ministry on Henry Vosburgh's castaways. <laughs> you know, Irvin's one of them. Yeah, and so, well, and Larry's one of them. And so, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, women's ministry is also important. Uh, can women be church plant leaders and pastors? I believe that the Bible prohibits that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of important things that we can do. And one of the things we're doing in the Cumberland region right now is using our women's ministry to kind of bring our churches all to the same table. 
And so they're doing kind of outside of the regional meetings, they're doing ladies' meetings and things, trying to get these little churches to send their ladies to come. When we do that, we build a camaraderie that helps with church planting. Uh, when I was pastoring in Indiana, uh, two youth pastors and I went to the, our region and said, uh, can we have your authority to use the name and start a camp? That was 15 years ago. Checkpoint Bible Camp is uh, still operating today, and our purpose was that people from this church and people from this church and people from this church would gather together and serve and work together and become friends, and it worked. And, and, so, and now they're intermarrying between those churches, which was always our goal because I had those two youth pastors, you know, and their kids wanted mates. And, and so it does work. So it can work the same way with church planting. That, uh, a, a, you know, uh, a church in up in Illinois and a church in Tennessee can now become friends and have a common goal uh, with which to work. Okay, did I skip any? Uh, ministry partners. So, uh, Kyle, you and I had a conversation a day or two ago about how C, uh, organizations like CDF <coughs> might be able to help with this. Would you share a little of that? <clears throat> well, first of all, it, when looking at ministry partners, determining the viability of that ministry partner for your church plant is a key element. So first is, um, what is the intent or the position of that ministry partner? What is their what is their standing or their statement of faith? Often some ministry partners don't have one that exists. Uh, I'm, I'm just coming from the other standpoint that I'll get into the CEO in particular. But um, we're in the partnership, do both sides benefit from? But otherwise, there's no reason if, you, if they don't grow or you don't grow based off of that, then why is the partnership in it? Uh, but in CEF in particular, as a parachurch mission organization, our goal is to serve the church. Since CEF in itself is not the, is not a church unto ourselves, so we're not taking the kids, we're not taking our volunteers. Uh, those who serve many years as pastors know, and they'll get a phone call once a week, twice a week, three times a week from a ministry saying, "Hey, we want to do something with you." Hey, can we get your, your, your members to go do X? Can you go do Y? Can you go do Z? And you're like, I can't even get my own members to Sunday school and you want them to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know how that's possible. But ministry partners, in particular church plants, one way can help, and I can tell you how CEF operates. Those who've done church planting, you know, you got everything you need, right? You have every work you ever need. You have all the children's workers, all the plans set, right? No, you don't, right? You don't have everything you ever need for it. That would be crazy. I mean, if you did, if you do have that, then by the way, tell us how you did it. Because I would love to know how you got all those resources. What ministry partners do provide an opportunity or something that you may not have initially. So, for instance, John Evangelism Fellowship has missionaries across the U.S. that, let's say, you're looking for instance, Springfield the church plant in Springfield. CEF has workers in, in near Springfield. We have our Miami Valley chapter. But we can assess where you're at, what opportunities are provided, provide training, a curriculum, a model, and a ministry that you can plug into 
So that way you don't have to recreate wheels. Imagine that I don't have to worry about how to do ministry outreach to the kids because CEF already has a model for me. Or I'm not quite sure how I'm going to put the basis for the level of my Sunday school teachers. CEF already has trained to train my Sunday school teachers. Or, you know what, we really want to reach kids at, let's say, this trailer park. That's our goal. Oh, CEF already has a Christmas party club opportunity or a five-day club opportunity or the different tools in our tool belt to assist your church to play it. So instead of having to reinvent wheels, spend a ton of time, because you're going to spend a ton of time, how am I going to work with, I'm going to reach the women, how am I going to reach the families, how am I going to, what's all the legal aspects, how do I do the fellowship, how do I do the bylaws, how do I connect with the community, how do I, you have all those 10,000 things you're already doing. CEF or a ministry partner should say, you know what, let me take some of that off your plate. Here's already a curriculum, here's already a training, here's already this, how can we partner with you? Now does every CEF chapter the same though some have additional resources but by the minimum you just call CEF meet with their local ministry or the state director and they can assess where you're at and say okay this is how we can partner with you cool cool and Carrie has already sought and received permission from uh, her board to allow their office to be used for a bible study okay and so you know we want to Gary wants to be careful, and so do we, that we don't send a message that this is a CEF church plant, but at the same time, we can we can partner that way. And certainly there are some doctrine things that we need to click off and make sure that we're compatible, but I think there's a variety of ways that we can partner. Yeah. I just wanted to mention also, uh, you're probably aware, most of you, but we do have an official ministry partnership, Child Evangelism yeah. Fellowship, and mm-hmm. the IFCA yeah. now. Yeah. And, and that really, I think, helps uh-huh. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. And so uh, I think all, in, in uh, one form or another, all of these folks are important. At the church we're planting in Knoxville, we're seeing God perhaps open the door for a facility to use and one of the things that we're thinking we might want to do in that facility is an ESL program so that would kind of fit in with that international side of things so there are a lot of things that we can do okay let's move on Uh, you know Jesus said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea Samaria and the end of the earth and so uh, what I've done over the years is kind of broken this down into uh, Jerusalem. And geographically, let's talk about Jerusalem or Elizabethtown and its boundaries. Uh, Judea is the region immediately surrounding Jerusalem. Or in our case, maybe we might say Hardin County or the greater Louisville area. Uh, Samaria was an area further away but they still, you know, they knew who the Samaritans were. They didn't like them, but uh, they knew who they were. So uh, we have southern Indiana or n- north central Tennessee, you know, for that matter. Uh, and then the end of the world, earth is everything else. That's the geographical perspective. But what about 
the ideals. Well, to these first century Jews, their Jerusalem was people that they knew and shared things in common with. We do, we're, we're the same way. I mean, human nature is human nature. Uh, their Judea, now, they were people that they didn't know necessarily, but they had something in common with them. In, you know, in the context of Acts 1-8, especially in the minds of those you know, handful of people that Jesus was talking to, they were thinking Jews. We know later on that it was always God's plan, but uh, they had to be instructed that it was more than just Jews. I like this one. <clears throat> the Samaritans were people they didn't know, but they already knew they didn't like them. You know, okay. so uh, uh, so it's like guys driving EV cars. You know, I know them, but I'm not sure I like their cars. Okay, because I want to hear mine. And uh, and then the end of the earth. Those are people they don't know. Probably never are going to know them, and they really weren't all that concerned about them. So when we look at that in in our settings, then we need to kind of figure out how that's going to work and who those people are. And so in, uh, in Southeast Church Extension, I hope that's not so small that you can't read it, <clears throat> we, uh, Henry at Midwest Church Extension has a similar, and again, I, I play drives from him, and uh, when I started Southeast Church Extension, I tried to find words that started with the letters S-C-E, and there aren't that many, but uh, here's, here's one of them. So uh, the, 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 the kind of the model that we use is survey, where we do some research. I'm going to talk uh, about that in some uh, upcoming slides. Our demographic study, Carrie already did some of that. In you know, that's what motivated her to contact us in the first place. And you know, is there a possible need for a church here? We also then think about coalition, uh, building those alliances that that's those spokes that we talked about. That's sort of where we are now, and these will overlap. You know, many, much of these, much of the time, these will overlap. But that those alliances and networking together with churches and people, you know, like Brian, like Ian's are doing up there with Redeemer Bible Church, and you know, just building that network. Uh, I believe. Well, I don't want to get off my little sermon here, but. I believe networking is what makes ministry work. If, if it's just going to be me, I'm not going to accomplish a lot. And uh, so uh, coalition is important. And then engagement, there's our E. That's where we begin recruiting leadership and you know putting together a team. Henry and I are in agreement that having that church plant leader in Elizabethtown work very early in the process is going to be important. We didn't do that in Knoxville. Uh, I was meeting, our, our group was a little different. They were almost exclusively people with IFCA backgrounds who had moved to Knoxville and as Carrie talked about a minute ago, you know, had already been exposed to expository preaching and when you've been, as you know, when you've been exposed to that and then you move somewhere where you can't get it, you get pretty hungry. And so I already had that, and so as the director of the ministry, I met with them weekly and then, or monthly and then weekly, and then we launched our services. and And I'm 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 
continuing to be their pastor indefinitely now. Didn't think that was going to happen, but God had different ideas, didn't he, Jeremy? And uh, so Jeremy's one of our leaders at Family Bible Church. So engaging certainly a team and, and doing that is important. And then nourishment. Henry, why don't you talk about what <coughs> nourishment is? Can you read it? I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know what it is. I'm sorry. I don't know it in your terminology. I'm sorry. I, I, not, I don't know how to translate over. Well, just growing the church. Well, you're talking about establishing it. Okay. The, just basically anytime you get... make cast, it's a different way. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> the, um, uh, when it comes to establishing a ministry, obviously, you have to bring order. The church can exist uh, as a fellowship and a, a, a body of people can have a relationship. But when you start to develop a body, there has to be just the organization, of, the organization, the orderliness of a ministry. So you're talking about that point, you're looking at you know, what how, what will order look like in our church, which is usually translates out to what a constitution would contain. That is your, the, the, that would be your operating rules of order. What will orderly life look like here so that we can function as a body effectively? Uh, but with nourishment, of course, you're talking about the feeding of the word and what is the, what is the, what are the ministry branches? where where, uh, all the edification of of, of Scripture being invested in people's lives, where is that being done? Is that going to be exclusively in a Bible study? Is that going to be done in small groups? Is that going to also be done during the worship season, uh, the the worship aspect of church? All of those things you know are going to be contributors to that, but what are those things, and how are they going to be managed and overseen? So it's the administration of that, the order of the ministry, and so forth. And Henry and I, for years, have had as a goal in churches that we work with, we want it to be a church planting church. And you can't be a church planting church if you don't go through this phase, you know. Uh, and that's always our goal. So even even in Elizabethtown, you know, we even at this stage, we want to at least have that in the back of our minds that okay, if God allows us to plant this church here. We want this church to plant other churches. That's how it's done in the Bible, you know. And so that's what that's what we would want. And then uh, the next phase for us is an exit strategy. And so uh, as we think about planting a church in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, uh, I want to get rid of it. I want I want it I want it to be a church planting church. So at the beginning. We talk about an exit strategy, and our uh, our processes are a little different. At Southeast Southeast Church Extension, we sign an agreement with the church plant uh, that lasts for five years, and that we would offer all the tools that we have to offer for a period of five years. Our goal is that the church would be able to be nourished and grow, and graduate from the mission in five years, but that can be renewed one time. So we limit it to a 10-year relationship, and and at the end of 10 years, we want that church to have matured to a point that they're self-supporting, they're providing for their pastor, they have a, a missions, outreach, all the things that churches do, okay, and so that they can think about planting another church at uh, Family Bible Church, it's very near to our hearts. We want to train these young people to do ministry. 
and we've talked a lot of times about we do not like this process of searching for a pastor. It's not normal. It is just, it's not normal for a church to search for a pastor. That's why there's no, uh, no form in the New Testament to do it. It's not normal. And so what we want is the next pastor that Family Bible Church has, our desire would be that it, that pastor comes up through the church. Okay? Now there may be one between me and that person, uh, but that's, that's our goal. Okay? Internships, those kinds of things. And then finally, stability. Okay? Uh, where this church can function and actually be uh, a mother church, be be that kind of stability, uh, not only in the fellowship, but in the community. But for, for the remainder of this talk, I really want to talk just about coalition. And, uh, and, and we already have, but I also want to talk about what's happening in that community. So the building of alliances and networking with churches and people, you know, to support this church. So this is a map that I, again, plagiarized from Henry. Uh, I, you, know what, you know what's interesting on this map to me? There's no Louisville. <laughs> it's like, whoever, whoever did this map apparently did not like Louisville because it's not even on the map. But you can see where Elizabethtown is. And what uh, the city center in Elizabethtown is, what, 35 miles from... Louisville, is that about right? 35, 40 miles? Probably close to 50. 50? Okay. All right. I'm coming from the south, so uh, the way I get to Elizabethtown is cross country. And uh, so, but that's that's what the, the town is. And uh, just uh, another little map of some of the things. Uh, Henry and I had a lot of fun when we were up there a few weeks ago navigating this little beltway around town trying to figure out where we were because uh, our, our Google Maps wasn't working the way we wanted it. And uh, just a, another uh, little little map. Now, these things I pulled off of the website from some local news outlets. And uh, so it's called the Blue Oval SK Battery Park. Uh, I believe there's actually two, two plants, right? And the goal is to have these things up and running in the next... It's a you know it's not going to all happen at one time, but two or three years, and uh, five thousand people, uh, and uh, and you, if you can read that, it's, you know Ford qualifies. They're getting money from the state of Kentucky, and if they reach certain benchmarks, those loans are forgiven. And uh, you know what Kentucky's thinking is. Well, we're going to invest in this, and they're going to be bringing jobs and money and all the peripheral industries and tradespeople and coffee shops and churches, you know, lots of things that will attract people to this community. So 5,000 employees, you know, that's a lot of people, you know. Uh, this this one here, again, I pulled off of a website. Uh the first plant they're expecting to complete in 25 and then in 26. And uh, I don't think it was this article. I read another article that uh, compares 
this project with one they did in Georgetown, Kentucky, a few years ago, and uh, how that Georgetown grew after that. I don't even. I think it was a Toyota plant was put in Georgetown, and uh, it was really interesting to see how. And Georgetown is east of Elizabethtown, like over Lexington Way. It's close to Lexington. Uh, and and how that that community just really. I mean, it grew so much they had to put a Bucky's there. And if you have a Bucky's, your community has arrived. You know, if you don't know what Bucky's are, I have some beaver nuggets in my room. I'll let you. So, uh, uh, so Elizabeth Town, and this, this the focus of this article was about housing and property. Carrie, you want to say anything about that? They are building all over the city. And they're redoing the roads. They're making um, a lot more roundabouts and arc cuts and things. But just everywhere you look, they're putting up apartments as housing as fast as they can. It is right now, housing is just is such a premium. In fact, I just joined a Facebook group that is, is specifically housing for the Blue Oval people that are coming in. But with all the all of the other peripherals, there's such a greater need because there's a there's numerous other factories that are going in that are suppliers for the parts needed for these electric batteries. And of course, then we're going to need more grocery stores and all the other things. But um, yeah, everywhere you look around town, any available land is being excavated and turned into uh, primarily rental properties. But there's a lot of new subdivisions going up as well. Cool. Yeah, and, and it's extending. Like right now, what's, what's it? Uh, Eighty-one thousand, I think. I actually have a statistic here. Yeah. In a, that would be the county. In, yeah, in the in the county. Uh, yeah. Around thirty-five or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess I didn't include that. Did you, you? You had that one in yours, didn't you? It, it was. They're projecting yeah. what? Go ahead. Yeah, I think right now a baseline would be right around thirty thousand, projected to go to forty-two. In, in Elizabeth Town proper. Yeah, in, yes, in Elizabethtown proper, from, so from 30 to 42 in like five years. Yeah. And the battery plant is actually Glendale, which is just south of Elizabethtown. You know, it'll become metro area because everything between there yeah. will be. Uh -huh. And I think they're projecting in the next three to five years that the county prop population will increase from, like, I think it's around 80 right now. I The statistic I read was about 110,000. Uh, by 2027, if I remember those yep. numbers correctly. This uh, this slide here, I think, is the most intriguing of any demographic stuff I have found. You think Kentucky, you think, at least I do, I think Bible Belt, and I know where I live in East Tennessee, you know, I live in a county that has 35,000 people in the whole county, and there's 200 churches. And, and but yet here in Hardin County, uh, and this was uh, this information, if I remember right, was 2021 uh, information that 52.4 percent of the people in that county don't identify with any religious structure at all. So, are there a lot of churches up there? There sure are. Uh, as you've Articulated so well, and they're good people, but they aren't—they they, they aren't—they aren't really getting into the teeth of Scripture. And 
And yeah, go ahead. If I yeah, if I could just comment on that too. What I found moving from Michigan, <laughs> people either they went to church because they wanted to be there to learn about God, or they just didn't go. And then we moved to the Bible Belt, where so many people go to church Sunday. But it's just it's part of the culture in Kentucky. Uh, granted, not all of the culture, maybe half, <laughs> but it's part of the culture. You go to church on Sunday, and you talk, and you have wonderful friends, and you go home, and you live your life. Mm-hmm. And, and we just, that's where we've longed for. Even the fellowship aspect is limited because of the surface. It's friends, but not that deep fellowship mm-hmm. with those who have a strong personal And that's what makes this graph so interesting, is that we have, and culturally, we do. We think of that, especially in the South. You know, we think of that. But yet, half of the people uh, don't feel strongly enough about it to identify themselves that way. And so, uh, that's that's who we're trying to reach here. So, that takes us back to this. Now, I also want to talk, and we have ten more minutes. Uh, all of these... I'm just, there. I'm going to just finish that. Let me get back here. There. So, uh, and this may not be totally accurate, and I don't think, Henry, I don't know if you've seen this, but based on my memory and what I could remember, these circles represent IFCA churches or ministries in these areas, okay? Is that, you think that's pretty, I didn't include Ohio in there, but there's a half a dozen or so IFCA churches in southern Indiana? Yes. Is that about right? Yeah. You know, and I... Put a circle over in Illinois. Uh, I don't know how many. I know there's Olney and yeah, and they're almost Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason I wanted to include this this map in this presentation is to show you, yeah, we do have some IFCA presence in the South, but there's almost nothing in Kentucky. There's one of those circles represents. J-Town Bible Church, uh, but there's just like nothing. And uh, in far eastern Kentucky and the mountains are a couple individual members and I think one member church, you know, uh, but there's not a lot. So, again, looking at this as a Judea, okay, and I know it's arbitrary, but I just chose this size of circle for that. So each of these churches, that may be their little Judea. But then what could what could go on from there and how how could we work if we made our Judeas bigger or thought of uh, you bluegrass state people as our Samaritans. Okay? Then uh, then now you see the overlap and the overlap focuses south of Louisville. So as we have these other ministries around, all those black circles kind of converge right there. So I think a task that we have ahead of us, if God allows us to pursue this, and you could, you could replicate this in Michigan, or uh, you already are in Ohio, or wherever y'all, are you out in Oklahoma? I can't. Maryland. That's Maryland. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're in Maryland. Okay, so there, you know, uh, however, however, wherever you are, this could be replicated. And so our task is going to be to find those partners, to work together. Uh, we've already doubled our reach by merging 
two IFCA church extension agencies together to do that. And so I, I think the sky is the limit. What you want to say anything in conclusion? Well, uh, yeah, just to say that you know, be creative. You know, find ways to to work together. Any avenue that we can incorporate, it, we we share this identity, and we all have our unique contributions, our skill sets, our our, our thrusts, even our biases. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm always about planting, and I know that's a, that's a message, that's my calling, and therefore <coughs> it's going to always be my thrust. Um, there are those in our fellowship that eat, live, and breathe chaplaincy. Well, then how can I take that passion that they have and incorporate that to my passion to be able to bring bring an outreach? Uh, I can't wait to find out how how can we get our thumbprint in, in somehow into Fort Knox. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Patterson uh, over there in Ohio. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to be able to blend these things together so that together we're able to establish things. Rather than looking at ministry departments as as isolated, uh, they're doing their thing while we're doing our thing. No, let's see what it is that can be brought together, which is really the point of collaboration. Um, you know, when Dan and I was first sketched out what would a partnership look like to establish this ministry, you know, we're, we're both deferring to each other. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to step on you to do this well well then go ahead and step <laughs> go ahead and make a step so you know you're playing you know macintosh oh no you go first no no you please you go first no, well, i have a great first. joke about that you've heard my joke about the twins right this no. lady was going to have a baby and uh nine months came she didn't have it and 10 months came she didn't have it and a year came she didn't have it two years five years finally she died they did an autopsy and when they cut her open they found two old men in there with beards going you go first no you go first <laughs> There you go. Uh, I'm not sure where to go with that, except to say, I thought I was going to get the final word before we closed, but apparently not. We've now heard it. But do you all have any questions that you want to ask about the nature of all of the things that we've talked about, the collaboration, you know, how are we navigating these things? Uh, obviously, we want to see a church get started in, in Elizabethtown. This is, a, a, it, it is, it is ripe for a ministry to be done, uh, and, um, and we're very excited about the prospect of it. So, anything? What, what nuts and bolts from two church planning agencies will be engaged in actually getting this mm -hmm. what's that going to look like? Yeah, I, I would answer that. First of all, what we've decided is that we want it to be a Southeast Church Extension project. So they will be in the driver's seat and MCE will be in a backup role. And the reason is simply because of, of structure. Uh, you know, it can't have two agencies overseeing one guy. There's just, That's a confusion. So we, we're eliminating that by letting it, by naming it a Southeast Church Extension project. And, and primarily that's because Carrie called Dan. Uh, she didn't call Henry, uh, and and therefore um, we want to we want to observe that role geographically. It's it's as he said, it's such a split between the two regionals; they're both remote uh, from it. So there's really no territoriality in that regard. So all we have to do is make sure that we're observing the structure. Um, uh, what uh, MCE has is we have a re residency training curriculum. So if we are able to find someone that's there, we we will give them access to our program for training 
um, and, and preparation uh, for them to be on the ground, be able to go through our program, and we'll scholarship them to be able to have that have access to that. Um, normally, that would be a, a fee-based situation, but in this case, we're just going to scholarship it. So there are things like that that we can bring to it. Um, you know, the, the collaboration of a networking, Dan and I are both uh, trying to talk to different entities within the IFCA where they might be able to help support the work, where it might get the feature. We got the seminar because of that kind of a thing. I guess I'm looking a little bit more um, on the initial stage. Who will be engaged in actually helping to get this oh. off the ground there. Yeah, well, as of to, as of today, Dan has been taking the first lead in uh, posting uh, Facebook ads, trying to get an online uh, uh, inquiries from people who might be interested and in a Bible church coming. So uh, what we are trying to do at this stage is to establish, some, can we get five contacts that we could then call an informational meeting, and that will be a collaborative effort on the, our part to be able to say, if we can get those five contacts, <coughs> and Lord willing, five commitments to actually open up a small group Bible study uh, that would become the seed to lead to a new church. And then in the teaching and oversight of that, that also would be collaborative. Both of us yeah. would be involved in that. Okay. Good so question. You would help to populate people to actually teach the Bible study. Yes, we would work together, and both of us invested in that. Yeah. Anything else? Awesome. Thank you for coming. Nice to see you. And uh, thank you, Gary, for uh, getting this off the ground. Was, uh, we'll see what happens. Please pray for us. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that right now. I have mail for you. I guess we're done. <laughs> Uh, apparently I forgot to mute my <laughs> Thank you, Father, for this time. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for just even being able to have this conversation about church and what's in the town. And God, uh, if this is indeed something that you are orchestrating, then help us to follow your lead, but also help us to take those steps that need to be taken. And Lord, we just, uh, we're so excited about the potential of a church in that community with these people. Who knows, uh, you may be already putting together a band of people who are going to work at the Blue Oval Project who maybe even already have an IFCA background and who are going to be coming to this community looking for a Bible church. And so uh, we ask you, Lord, to direct those people to us and also, Lord, help us to be good stewards of not only the finances that you will provide, but the time and the energy that's put into this. And we'll just uh, give you thanks for in advance for all you're going to do in Jesus' name.